0: Hello and a big one welcome to you. My name's Marion Rose PhD and in today's podcast I want to talk more about will and in particular how we can be a part of changing this domination system of the past 2000 years and in particular how we can support our children staying deeply connected to their true sacred power as human beings. And I'm going to talk about how those two things are deeply related. And how we are in the middle of that. Uh, And I'm generally talking to mothers, but if you're a father, you're very welcome. So, I tend to think there are two key ways that are so underlooked in our culture around cultural and paradigm change. And that is the power of parenting. And I see that as both the way we treat and respond to and perceive of our children, but also the parallel journey that we are invited to go on as parents to re-parent ourselves. And there's quite a lot of research, for example, you've probably heard me talk about Lloyd DeMause and Robin Grill in one of his books talks about this, how the history of parenting and the history of humanity go so deeply, closely, hand in hand. And of course, it makes so much sense, doesn't it, that core cultural beliefs get passed down from parent to child and also through schools, through the media and so on. But of course, those first few years being so deeply important, again, if you know Bruce Lipton's work, and he talks about that um, almost hypnotic um state of consciousness that our children are in, that we are really designed as children to learn about the culture and the family that we're born into so that we can continue that family and culture. But on the other hand, we also have our own unique self that wants to be who we really are, to stay deeply connected to who we really are and and share our unique gifts with the world. So you often see that there is this interplay in our lives between the, the needs to fit in, to belong, to be safe, to be loved, and the needs for authentic uh, self-expression and being who we really are. And that dynamic between the two of those is often a really powerful one. And I think when we look at will, we can really see this in operation. If we think of the biggest cultural picture that for the past 2000 or so years we've been part of the domination paradigm which has been so much about two things uh, disconnection and power over I'm going to be really focusing more on the power piece today um, because that's the focus of will but the, the love part, the connection part, the interconnectedness that is so central to this too so I really want to put a little placeholder in that too So how can we help co-create, co-shift the domination paradigm, which I believe is what we're being invited to do in these times, to really see that this paradigm hasn't been working. It's it's had huge, um, terrible, painful effects. And of course for each of us there are going to be different ways that we're called to do this but for me because as part of this domination culture parenting has been so devalued it's been seen as something that isn't important that is not valuable it's like being kind of hidden behind the curtain and yet if we look at it as we were talking about before it's it's one of the most profoundly powerful things and powerful ways that culture gets passed down, gets transmitted from one generation to the next so if we're wanting to make a profound shift in the paradigm, in the culture one of the most powerful ways that we can do that is in our own parenting again that parallel process of how we perceive and respond to our child and also that journey we go on of our own reparenting so If we want to help our children stay connected with their sacred power, a will, and help ourselves reconnect with that, how can we do that? And I'd say the first way is to really understand what true power is. So I call it will. I believe that our true nature as human beings is love and will. And that the domination paradigm actually comes, uh, has its origins About another one and a half thousand years before, two thousand years ago, where in many parts of the world, or well, initially it was just one part of the world which spread this idea in the idea that there's a split between spirit and matter, that what is most wonderful is the mind or is actually spirit, which is elsewhere, and what is most terrible is the body and the feelings and that has spread and spread and spread and we can really see all the 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 terrible costs for men as much as women in that as well as children other than humans and our beautiful planet so right from in utero each human being as a soul is again both a unique being as we talked about and interconnected with all that is so again we see that that duality and the will is where those two meet because our will energy is where we feel that individualness that that specific uh, yes and no and um, see like a little snail has this, this too like even on the most basic physiological level we have a a sense of moving towards things that we have a yes for and a moving away from things that we have a, a no for oh, the birds have come in to sing and we can see that in a baby we can see that they and even in utero that they move towards what they have a yes for they, that wisdom that body wisdom that they have and a no that they will turn away from or move backwards towards uh, away from So that's that innate wisdom that we have to know what is helpful for our body and soul and what isn't. So I would call these our will needs. So our will needs are where our unique self is wanting to take its unique journey into the world. It's where we feel most uniquely ourselves. It's where uh, we experience agency and autonomy and choice and for our yeses and no's to be respected and heard. These are our will needs. And because this is where we experience and express our unique i this is why when our will needs aren't met or honoured, the powerlessness we feel is so, so excruciatingly painful because it's almost as if we don't exist as a being or our, our, our uh, self-existence doesn't exist our uniqueness is being rejected it's very very painful I remember seeing um, a couple of years back uh, at a local cafe a child, a toddler actually with something in their hand a toy that the parent did not want them to have and the parent literally using their power over the child to splay the hands apart and take the object from them and the the little child just the the powerlessness the excruciatingness of the powerlessness really uh, just deeply touched my heart Because for babies and for small children, for so long they are smaller than us. They have less physical power, less emotional power, less intellectual power, less economic power. And we have such, um, in a way, a responsibility to wield our greater power in benevolent ways. But unfortunately, because of this domination paradigm that most of us have grown up in, the the paradigm has been very different to that. We have um, generally experienced our will needs not getting met, our agency not being honoured, our autonomy and choice not being respected, our yeses and nos not being heard, being in various experiences being coerced being overpowered um, being punished being made to do things being guilted into doing things literally forced into doing things and by the way as a parent if you're feeling if you're picking up the emotional sticks right now and hitting yourself with guilt and self-punishment I want to remind you that is part of the same system for me this is about actually freeing ourselves from that paradigm punishment and guilt is part of the same domination paradigm so what I'm suggesting here is the invitation to gradually free ourselves from this paradigm by seeing by seeing it really clearly by seeing how this has happened for a millennia that those with the greater power have used that power over others and that's then been internalized by the children and then they grow up and the paradigm continues and continues and continues this is not an easy journey to shift this this is a big journey this is often a hard journey I've worked with many mothers over the years in particular who've been working with shifting this and changing this and it's often really hard because we've internalized these things. We've often had thousands of experiences of being coerced, being overpowered as children. We have internalized that. We've ter- internalized that to coerce ourselves, to punish ourselves, to, to guilt ourselves into taking action rather than taking action from willingness. And it really is possible to change. It is possible to bring up children without coercion and force and guilt and punishment Because those are not intrinsic to human nature. Those are part of the domination culture. And to bring up children who are compassionate and connected and willing to cooperate and connected with their true power. Because it turns out that that old paradigm based on the belief that we are bad and sinful and evil and we need to be punished, as Alice Miller so famously said, for our own good, that It turns out to be not the case at all. That actually, from this psychospiritual paradigm, our true nature is love and will. It's not that we need to be punished and coerced into being loving. It's actually we need to be understood. Our will needs need to be met. And our will hurts need to be listened to. And the same for our love needs and our love hurts. And then we get to stay more and more deeply connected with our true nature as love and will. So what happens as children when our will needs aren't met? So again if we think about it as the Taurus, we think about a human being as a Taurus like the doughnut and our lovingness being more like the the, the doughnutty part of the donut, and the the willingness channel being like the hole in the middle that our willingness energy travels um, in a vertical direction. And whenever our will needs aren't met, whenever we are coerced or punished or forced or shoulded or our no isn't heard or we we have power over us or we have medical procedures where um, we're not supported in coming to a willingness and a cooperation with the process, That willingness energy doesn't get to flow in our willingness channel. It starts to get silted up. And so the most healthy response to that is frustration and outrage. That's the natural expression of our will energy being thwarted. And I imagine you can remember that in your own experience, either as a child or a teenager or as an adult, Perhaps if you're feeling frustrated about learning a new thing, your will energy isn't getting to move in the way you want it to, or when someone is trying to stop you doing from some, doing something, or um, that's happening a lot at the moment, the idea that um, politicians or those in power (in inverted commas) are trying to coerce us into doing something we can feel this natural outrage the frustration and the outrage that's the natural expression of our will energy and I often call it the the know of our soul but again of course because in the domination culture that most of us grew up in when we go to express that natural outrage and frustration in really clear clean ways that's the natural initial response we have, the rah, no! Imagine that little toddler having the toy taken out of their hands, that natural, no! (laughs) That in this culture what's happened is that that natural energy has been shamed, been punished often really severely, we've been distracted from it, we've basically been stopped so often from expressing that in the natural way the clean clear healthy natural way so for example in a in a child that's a tantrum not hitting biting throwing but that natural energy so what happens is that will energy accumulates and accumulates the unex the the will hurts that have happened in this culture then the, the the energy accumulates in the willingness channel it silts it up and it leads to a number of different things, depending on the family, depending on the child, depending on the individual situations, situations. So one of those things is power over or aggression. So in children, that might be hitting or biting or throwing or pushing. It can also be um, verbal. In adults, it can be verbal too. It could in- also include blame and violence. Do you see the difference between... That natural health expression of a rah, no, to violence, aggression, power over blame has a very different energy to it. And again, that's what we often think of as power in our culture. That's how often power has been used, power over aggression, violence. But from this psychospiritual perspective, that's not true power, that's not sacred power. Sacred power is the, the no. it's that will energy, the natural expression of it from the willingness channel. So what other things can shop? And again, I invite you to have so much compassion if, you, if your child is hitting or biting or pushing or throwing or swearing or whatever the thing is. It, the more we understand what's happening, the more we can support our children and ourselves. Return to their true sacred power, so that they do not need to. So that less and less and less they use these power over aggression forms. And they come back to their the natural expression of will energy. Another thing that can show up is rebellion or willfulness so this is when a child or a teen or an adult says no to pretty much everything it's a no it's going to be a no to everything you know before you even answer the question it's going to be a no it's a the no is the default so i often hear parents saying will willfulness is like that's the innate state of their child and that's their true power but actually if a child is not ever willing to say yes uh, they're not free to say yes when it's actually yes and it actually indicates a silted up willingness channel it doesn't indicate true sacred power Um, we could also see if we're thinking about fight or flight or freeze or fawn that the fight aspect that's what we're talking about here as well it's that uh, the rebellion the willfulness it's that kind of energy to it so the power of aggression rebellion willfulness that's more the way i would see it's kind of going external that the the will energy is going external more to the power over kind of angle and then on the other side a child or teenager or an adult can go to more the powerlessness side which is through the will hurts actually more connecting with things like compliance So this is when a child or an adult says yes to everything. It's the child that you know whatever you're going to say to them, whatever you're going to ask them to do, they're going to say yes and they're going to smile sweetly and they're going to do what you ask. It's kind of like the exact opposite of the willfulness where you know that whatever you're going to ask, they're going to say no. So this is to meet their needs for safety or love or belonging. It also relates to fawning in the fight, flight, freeze, fawn scenario. I would say, and again, it's not true sacred power. As you know, if you've ever, if you've been like that, I know. Often, um, many of us, those of us who are highly sensitive, often grow up being being like this. Just say yes. Just do what's asked. Be in inverted commas nice that there's a whole lot of energy required to hold down all the natural frustration, all that beautiful will energy, the frustration and the outrage often will show up in things like uh, the the literal physical tension that happens, the the headaches, the jaw aches, the neck aches, the back aches, the shoulder pain of holding in all that unexpressed outrage. Because it wasn't safe, it wasn't safe. So again, if you think about We need to fit into the family and culture we're born into. If it's not safe to express the energy, we only need to find some way of being safe, even if it comes at a large cost to ourselves. And of course, this comes back to the reparenting side, because as we get older and as we move through our lives, and particularly when we are parenting, this is when our powerlessness hurts will tend to show up, particularly if we have been very compliant and inverted commas nice and always said yes and put everyone else's needs before ours that sometimes with one child we can keep on doing that but if we have two children it starts to get much harder to do that and what happens over time is we can tend to get to that point where that will energy is starting to bubble up to such an extent that we maybe suddenly explode or we, we're being nice and saying yes to everything and yes, 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 and then suddenly the, the the rage bubbles out because it just cannot be held in anymore. And often again not in such helpful ways. So again on this kind of I call it the left hand side, the more internalizing side, another response is fear so when the will energy is all in service of flight it's going to be all about trying to escape the coercional power doing power over trying to do anything possible to get away from that even if that means just being alone all the time it's it's really escaping that and then there's depression so that's often when there's this deep sense of and i'm not saying this is always but Sometimes this depression can be a deep sense of I can't, I can't, I can't get my needs met, I can't say no, my no isn't heard, I I don't get to have autonomy and choice, my agency isn't honoured, I give up, I can't and the will energy gets then really silted and our will energy is our life energy. So there can often be that deep sense of energetic stagnation, sense of being not being able to move or express. You can probably uh, feel that sense of that you might have experienced it yourself. It's very, very, very unenjoyable, just like moving through treacle. The will energy is really, really silted. It's really hard to take action, to... To um, to do anything, so we're very often kind of sleepy, and then we move into that the the next one, which is dissociation, which is really basically where our consciousness leaves our bodies, as our unique I self energy isn't able to be expressed, our will. So we're like, well, you know, not much point in being here in this body at this moment because. I'm not going to get to choose, I'm not going to have autonomy, I'm not going to have agency, my outrage isn't being heard, there's there's, uh, what other choice is there. So I want to say for most of us we would probably have experienced various types of these, we may notice one more than others and again you may notice these in your child or children and what i always want to say is the beautiful thing about this is our true nature is love and will for all of us that it's simply that the willingness channel is silted up there's nothing broken about us you may notice i'm very particular about the words i use particularly because language has a really powerful impact on us and particularly the domination culture language there's so much of our language that is really based in the system the shoulds and the have tos and all the judgments and the, and the can'ts and the bads and the you have to and you should do all of that stuff so there's nothing wrong there's nothing um that's why i don't talk about being wounded because actually we can unsilt our willingness channel and we can support our children to unsilt their willingness channel And it's not necessarily an easy journey, but it's absolutely possible. So what can we do to help our children stay relatively connected to their sacred power? And what can we do to help ourselves reconnect with our sacred power, our energy, our life force, our deep connection with the life force of the universe? So I tend to think with parenting, it's always the inside is... Soft so and the most important thing, because the more we do for ourselves internally, the more that just exudes in our relationships with our child or children. Often it's a parallel process. Anyway, for us, what can we do? So internally, we can gradually change that internalized coercion, that guilt, that force, that power over and replacing our inner dialogue and self-relationship with self-listening, with choice, with willingness. So that might initially just even be. I remember for me when I first came across nonviolent communication, where I learned so much about will and willingness, and so much around language. Lots of the things you talk, I'm talking about here, you probably recognise if you're familiar with NVC. Is when I came across it 18 years ago. I said, I'm not going to say I should anymore. I'm not going to say I should. I dropped should from my. um what's the word from my vocabulary that's the one and that made a big difference but of course quite a few of the shoulds are internalized and not even verbal they're pre-verbal or they're below the surface of consciousness but that made a huge difference just that in itself and just even noticing in your, com- in your conversation in your dialogue in your speech when you when you're shoulding yourself that in itself and that journey can make a really big difference Another thing we can do is to gradually practice listening to and speaking our yeses and no's. That might start off simply by listening to what our body needs. So I'm generally working with mothers, so I often talk about those really simple basic things like actually going to the toilet when your body is telling you you need to. Whereas I know for mothers often we'll be waiting for hours and hours, having a drink of water when you need to. And I know... Things can be really busy and hard and you can have so many things to do. But the the less we respond to our needs, the less sense of agency we have, the more powerless we're likely to feel. The harder everything's going to feel, the less will energy we have, the more likely we're going to shift into powerlessness. So those little things that actually just can take three minutes or one minute or five minutes even though it might seem like there's no time to do that those can make a huge difference really honoring those our needs means we're actually connecting with ourselves and using our agency We're saying i am going to do this i'm going to listen to this i'm going to respond to what my body's telling me we're starting to listen to those yes we're starting to listen to those no's i know for me i used to say yes to everything pretty much anybody asked me so the journey was starting to say no if I really, actually, really didn't want to do something. And again, starting in ways that feel easy or easy-ish or not terrifying, maybe a bit scary, not terrifying. So really, just in general, supporting ourselves in autonomy and choice and really, and making clear choices wherever we can. That might be, I, I want to eat this food and not that food. I want to, you know, just actually choosing what, what we're doing like at the moment, choosing what um, media we're watching or listening to or reading. Choosing who we're connecting with on social media and what information we're taking. That's really powerful. Another one can be on befriending our frustration and outrage. So this is a really key piece because that's one of the ways we get to unsilt our willingness channel. Is really getting to reconnect with and not only um, increasingly stop judging or repressing or dissociating from our bodies when we're feeling those, but gradually, gradually, gradually coming to all the way out to the other end to coming to a deep sense of celebration of that energy I mean that's that's how will energy that's where we connect in with our life force and I've really seen that journey for myself going from uh, having a lot of self-judgment around that energy in myself to then increasingly self-compassion and inner listening and having listening from lots of outside people to now where I'm like i not like to now I have this I love this energy I love this energy I deeply celebrate it I think it's deeply beautiful and sacred and so important and the more I not only accept it and love it but but really mm, savour it savour it that's the word I was looking for The more energy I feel in my body, the more I can speak up, the more I can speak out, the more I can say no, the more energized I feel in my body and my life. It's a really powerful journey to take. And of course, then so much of this work is about listening to the younger parts of us and their powerlessness, their fear, their unexpressed frustration and outrage, having others listen to those parts of us. is so, so important. And what about our children? What are some of the things that we can do to support them in staying connected with their sacred power? So again, we can think about language. So wherever possible, changing that language. And I really recommend nonviolent communication if you're not familiar with it. I'm so grateful I came across it when I did. It was when my daughter was uh, a baby. So as she was learning to speak, I learned to shift and to to relearn i relearned how to speak and to communicate relearned how to think and it was such a beautiful timing to do it at that point um so that might be things like avoiding should and have to and must and can't and allowed and replacing it with a language of choice and autonomy where if we can, listening to their yeses and nos, that means differentiating as, as well between a, ch- a true no of their soul when they're really saying no, and more that no of the willfulness that we talked about that's actually coming from unexpressed will hurts. And that's a bit of a journey, but it's really possible to differentiate the two. They're, they have a very different quality in them. And I imagine you can probably sense that in yourself as well, the difference between the two we can wherever possible give them choices honor their choices um aware parenting is so helpful with this as well so for example alita sorter is the founder of the aware parenting institute talks about the the um, three steps to elicit cooperation so that's a really helpful thing to understand about how we can elicit cooperation um, Rather than making our children do things, those old power over paradigms, making, forcing and coercing, this is all about eliciting, supporting, inviting willingness and understanding what helps our children be willing to cooperate with us, what helps them um, to enjoy that. And again, Aware Parenting is such an amazing resource for that. Attach and Play is really helpful for supporting in children in wanting to cooperate so there's a whole lot of information there and then there's listening to the inevitable will hurts through welcoming and lovingly listening to their frustration and outrage and again aware parenting is amazing for this really about listening to their tantrums listening to their rage increasing our capacity to do that and generally that's through our own inner work of wherever we feel uncomfortable or scared around that is doing our own in our processing around our own similar feelings, not being um, held with loving compassion. Then there is setting loving limits with any aggression. So remembering that aggression is not the healthy expression of will, will energy. So uh, loving limits is a term that I developed and it's, um, it, again, it's really a key part of aware parenting. So the way I voice that is something like, I'm not willing for you to hit, sweetheart, and I'm right here and I'm listening. So we're saying no to the aggression, but we're saying yes to the underlying feelings. And we're listening to the underlying, the fear, frustration or outrage that's going to come out, you know, the rah, the healthy expression. So I really believe that this is deeply called for in these times. Such important work. This will work to really understand the will. And again, from the most um, tangible way of responding to our child, when they're not cooperating, when they are hitting, when they're having a tantrum, when they have their thumb in their mouth and aren't looking, when they are so compliant to everything you ask, all of those things that are really, really tangible, practical, specific things that we can do to respond, to support them in staying connected with their sacred power. To right through to the, you know, much bigger picture around changing the culture, changing the paradigm, being part of that shift. And really understanding the bigger picture, the history of human consciousness and the history of culture and the society. and you know, coming back to what I was talking about at the beginning that one of the most powerful ways we change paradigms and cultures is through parenting. You have so much power, you have so much power and that in itself can can help us connect with our well energy. It's like rather than thinking of mothering or being a parent as being something that's not valuable and like you know just like something you do, it's mundane. You have so much power as a parent, so much power to uh, to be creating a change in the culture, in the whole paradigm. And I believe that we are being called as mothers in particular to really change this domination paradigm. And I'm sure something similar going on for fathers. I just work with mothers all the time and I am a mother. So I don't really know what's going on for fathers, but I know for mothers that we are being called to change this domination paradigm, to heal our own will hurts, to listen to those younger parts of us and the powerlessness and the frustration and the rage. Really claiming our sacred power and then really speaking up our big neo-nos and the neo-no is a is a really clear will energy. It's I am not willing for this. It's not the old version of power over. It's a really clear no, no, And I really believe that we do need the next generation of humans to be relatively free from all of those symptoms that we've been talking about today, from the power over, the aggression, the rebellion, the willfulness, the compliance, the depression, the dissociation, so that they have plenty of connection with their will energy and their capacity to take powerful action in service of love and you know because we talked about well being the intersection between the individual and the and the interconnectedness that life with a capital l responds to our willingness and i'm really grateful to the field project here i trained with them for many years to really understand how what when we're really clear with our will and the clearer we are and the more unsilted our willingness channel is and the more we're really clear with this is what I am willing for and this is what I am not willing for, which is entirely different from what I want or from power over those old paradigms. Then life responds to that because when we're in that place, that is where we are, not only connected with our individual self, but with the interconnectedness of all that is, with the life force of the universe. I also believe that we need the next generation of humans to be unwilling to buy into authoritarian ways of birthing, parenting, learning, working, business, governance and politics. There's research that shows that those who voted for some of the most authoritarian um, politicians, prime ministers, presidents, uh, had grown up in authoritarian families so we know if a child is used to experiencing power over then that's what they internalize and they are that's what they're going to be most familiar with unless we do our own inner work to change that we always we always have capacity to change so if we want people to stop voting for authoritarian systems and for the the Mm, the biggest percentage of people to be uh, connected with cooperation and uh, action in service of love rather than power over action parenting is one of the ways that we can absolutely change that so we need lots of us in this new paradigm to be connected with our sacred power and our capacity to take powerful action So your inner work, your inner processing around this, your parenting are profoundly important and valuable. And also anything else that you're doing in the world as well around social change or whatever it is, that's really important too. I don't want to diminish the importance of that, but I do want to to, uh, invite back in the honoring of the sacredness of parenting to change paradigms. So every time you advocate for your child's will needs, you are part of co-creating a new paradigm. So I'd love to invite you to connect in with what you're saying a neo-no to. What are you being called to stand up and speak for, or to advocate for your child for? And what support or inner lovingness do you need to, to help you take that step? So if you're interested in any of this kind of stuff, I have lots of more information on my website. Some of the things in particular that, that um, tap into this or speak more about this is my Wonder of Willingness course. Uh, I have a Powerlessness, Power Over and Power With in Parenting Masterclass. I have a Power and Powerlessness in Parenting course. I have a Transformation Through Mothering uh, Community. Uh, lots of aware parenting offerings which are really about the very, very tangible ways to, to do this kind of thing. So um, I would love to invite you to pop over there at marianrose.net if you would like to find out more. Meanwhile, thank you so much for listening. I so appreciate you. I hope you are. Hope you found this helpful in some way or other. I hope you're feeling connected with your own sacred power more and Feeling inspired or energized or having more clarity about how you can support yourself and your child or children around this. And I look forward to talking to you in the next podcast. Lots of love.